It's the Favorites Podcast presented by FanDuel. It's NFL playoff time, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. I love betting with FanDuel because their app is safe, secure, and easy to use, and because they're offering exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. And when I win with FanDuel, I get paid fast. Plus, FanDuel is now live in Ohio. So use promo code favorites and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. It is Thursday when we are recording. We are live on AMP. Welcome to those listeners. Uh, I am joined, as I am every episode, by my co-host, my companion, my BFF, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. We just got to spend a lovely few days together yeah. in New York. The last podcast we recorded live in our new Action Network studio. Now we were both back home, getting ready to light it up. Light it yeah, up one know, more time. I don't know about you, Chad, but I'm one of those people that I think it's because I've seen so many movies. The main reason I hate going to New York, I swear every time I go there, the zombie apocalypse is going to happen, or either the aliens are going to land. And I'm going to be stuck in a city with 9 million people and no way out. And luckily that didn't happen, Chad. I got a little cold. That's the only thing negative. But the rest of the trip, like you said, Chad, it was a good time. It was a uh, Fun me around with the action people talking football, but I'm not going to lie to you. As soon as I got on that train and got out of the city, I was just like, ah, I survived. I survived it. New York City, just because it does chew you up and spit you out if you're just working nonstop. But it was one of those where there is a definite vibe to the city. I think you and me both agree on that. If you've never been in New York City, not that it, it makes you feel a certain way, but it kind of does. Like it makes you feel more alive and more connected. And it's just so many people. And it's one of those where if you're not there, you appreciate New York city, but if you're there for more than four days, it starts to get old pretty quick. So uh, definitely enjoyed our time together though, brother. That's a really interesting perspective. I feel all those same things as someone who lived in Manhattan for 12 years and wow. lived just outside the city for six years and commuted into the city on a regular basis. Um, when I lived in the city and we were about to move out, this is, this is, you know, dark thoughts, but we were living <laughs> on the Upper East Side. I would take the six train from the Upper East Side to 34th Street to go to my office at ESPN the magazine. So it's only six stops on the subway. Um, in the last 30 days, this was 2005, in the last 30 days before we moved from Manhattan to Montclair, New Jersey, we had a three-year-old at the time. Uh, I would say to myself, 
please let this not be the day where the city blows up. And don't forget, this is <laughs> right. four years after 9-11. So like you were always sort of feeling a little bit of that anxiety. For sure. And, I, and it's funny, my wife and I now, we're old and we live in Connecticut <laughs> and like our kids are 19 and in, in, in college and 16 and two and a half years away from leaving. And so we think like, she's from Manhattan, she's from New York, right? She grew up in Staten Island. She loves the city. And, um, and we always think when we go to visit, would we want to move back here? We'd want to get an apartment here, whatever. Yeah. We always settle on no, which is uh, odd for, for my wife, who is New York to the core. Yeah, and oh, she likes architect, which New yeah, York has. She's an architect. Like she went, amazing she, went architect. To, she went to grad school in the city. She went to Parsons. Oh. It, like where we were, where, you know, I stayed in Union Square. Like I was a block from where she went to grad school. Um, so I know that area well. We were always down there. And I... Um, we now think like we couldn't live here. We, we'd be too afraid. Like if the apocalypse came, <laughs> how would stuck. we get out? Yeah, that was awesome. I thought, but I also, I thought not that things changed because of COVID. But I lived in the city when I used to work back in the day, and I used to hate it because just driving in the city is really tough. Um, the biggest change I noticed since COVID though is because we had early mornings for work. We were getting up at six, seven in the morning. How empty the streets were. Where it yeah. used to be back in the day, there was always something going on. It didn't matter if it was 6 or 7 a.m. To other people, that's 7, 6 p.m., right? That just doesn't matter that it's that time. I couldn't be believe how eerily quiet it was uh, when you were getting up early in the morning, which honestly is the coolest time to see the city. If you're an early riser, that's my recommendation for New York City. I, uh, I'm i not a big jogger, but as you know, I'm an obsessive exerciser. And the you're only live forever, time I go, Chad. What's that? You're going to live forever. I'm going to live forever. The only time I go for runs is in New York because I go really early in the morning when it's empty and it's fantastic. Yeah, that's no, it. true. And you're not wrong. Like you can walk around New York and when things are going well and we had a great weekend, it was super fun. You can feel invincible. Like yeah. You can feel the energy. You can feel like I'm making it in New York City. And then when it's going bad, like when things are negative, it eats at you because you just see all the negativeness of New York City. Like guys peeing on the corner, there's trash everywhere. It's the, oh, yeah. the smell of the air. But like Chad has said, when you're feeling good, the air's crisp. It's beautiful. The lights, everything. Oh, it's it's it, a funny it, city, though. It was magical. Uh, so it was a great weekend. Uh, Matt Mitchell was there, obviously. Yeah. He was an astounding presence. Um, watching Matt Mitchell, <laughs> as we discussed, suffer that 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 uh, Cowboys-Bucks underbet. All right. So Tuesday, we decided Simon Says was Niners-Dallas under 46 and a half, I believe. Yeah. Um, Foxhole, I left my notes in New York, so I'm trying to do this from memory. Foxhole was Bills minus four and a half. Exact decision was uh, Chiefs Jags under the time. It, you could get it at 52 or 53. It's now settled at 53. Um, we're going to come up with the big balls. We're going to talk a little bit more in depth now that lines have been moving and we've been seeing yeah. more stuff uh, about uh, sides and totals. Um, before we get to any of that, let's do some. Oh, wait. I do want to tell people that if you're listening to the podcast right now, if you subscribe to the, we know we've gotten a lot of complaints this year about not being able to access the podcast until really late at night, even though we record it in the afternoons. Um, there's been a change in programming. If you subscribe directly to the favorites, to subscribe directly to the favorites feed, you'll be able to get the podcast late afternoon of the day recorded, probably five, five thirty-six. Oh, nice. Instead of having to wait until 11 or 12 at night, um, subscribe directly to the favorites and you'll get the podcast, you know, five, six, seven hours early. 
So we're doing that for the, all the playoffs then? Yeah. Is that Sweet. right, Matt Mitchell? Every episode moving forward will be available right about 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. If you subscribe to the favorites feed, you've got to subscribe to the favorites feed. Okay. Before we get to anything else, let's get to Sharp Carl. Hello, who's there? I'm talking. Ring, ring, telephone ring. Somebody said, baby, what you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in this one, man. Every game, feel every side and every, every total feels like it could have a strong opinion. We were talking before we got in the air. Giants-Eagles very much feels that yeah. way. But tell me who we've been, who's been calling us about what? Yeah, let's just start off right off with that one because to me that's – that's the biggest pro versus pro game. This uh this week is that Giants Eagles game where you have pros who have made a lot of money back in this Giants team. It's a team they believed in in the summer. It's the coaching staff they believed in the summer. They they hit gold. They bet they bet them all year. Um even last week, not that it was one of their biggest bets, but you just knew guys were staunch in their ways where it's like, okay, you're catching three against an inferior Vikings team. This is the spot to take it. They didn't care that it was Daniel Jones's right first career start in the playoffs. So, I mean, Chad talked about it. like I, my first instincts just as a better was to take that giant seven seven and a half when the line opened, um, and I just knew something was a little off about it. Dive more into the numbers, and obviously there's a huge advantage towards this Eagles team, which we'll talk about when we start talking about that game. But just from the pro aspect, I completely get where they're coming from, Chad. I mean, Evan Abrams puts out. That's something I need to retweet now. I'll put it out uh, when we put the show out. It's just a trend article about all the trends this week. I mean, we'll, maybe you have some written down. I have a couple written down. All these trends favored this Giants team. So, oh, God, it's terrible. Yeah. A lot of pro betters I know, they throw their model out. Because we already talked about it. Your model, it's not as valuable as it is during the regular season come playoff time. Because the playoffs, it's just a different beast. I, I used to talk about the time when Brady was at such an elite level. My model never caught up to Tom Brady. It was one of those where it couldn't take into account what he does and what makes him so special, which is clutchness. There's no – like, we have luck rankings. I don't have a clutch ranking. That doesn't that doesn't exist for me. That's something I always had to factor in myself. So, it's, I don't always fade my model, but I do in the playoffs where if a bunch of guys are lined up on one side and my model just seems off, I'll agree with these guys because they're just smarter than me. I know that. Like, they just know more about football than I do. This is one of those instant instances. Like a couple of really smart groups have come in on the Eagles, and that's what's driving this number up. And I even texted Chad, like we talked yesterday. I didn't get it. I thought by today's show we'd have a seven. I really did. Just because I know how many smart people are on the Giants, uh, sharp wise. I know how much the public loves it. Like this is a public darling, this line. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about that game. But if people it's just like the Seahawks last week. If they want to know me and Chad, we were on the 49ers last week. Most of the pros were on the Seahawks. It's the same exact situation here. You're catching over seven and a half on a divisional dog. Um, they already got swept during their regular season, which again trends back up, taking the Giants in the spot, um, being a divisional dog more than a touchdown that got swept in the regular season. So yeah, Chad, it's it's one of those where I knew we were gonna get calls about it, and it's one of those that I I'm trying as hard as I can not to make it one of my bigger bets of the playoffs because I just love this spot. The more I look at this Eagles team, they're just crazy undervalued for how good their offensive scheme is and their offensive line is going against a Giants defense that is playing way above its head, but they're about to run into what I view as a juggernaut. So sharp calls, start off right with that one. Every other one, we're kind of back, Jed. Everyone likes our picks, honestly. Uh, the pros are on the Jaguars with us. No shock. 
They have the exact, they can look at the exact same stuff we're looking at of Jaguars will always be undervalued. The Chiefs will always be overvalued by the public. The biggest thing is because everyone in their grandma is going to tease this Chiefs team. Like them and the Eagles, that two-team teaser, that's just going to be there. So this number should be closer to seven and a half. They're, they're bumping eight to half just to protect this against teasers. It's a two and a half and a teaser. We've seen some books touch nine. So obviously there are some pros coming in on this Chiefs team. If you didn't grab the eight and a half, which I I would just to be safe, I do think it might be able to touch nine by this weekend just because I do think the public will come in heavy on the Chiefs team. It's just it, not that I feel like it's looking very chalky this uh, the next this round, but it does feel that way a little bit. Where the AFC, I mean, Chad, we already talked about it. me and him are both on the Bills. We like the Jags. Obviously, I'm going to take the Jags money line as well just because historical data backs up in this divisional round. If you take – like anyone taking the Giants – you have to throw some on the money line. If you're back in a dog, you might as well throw some of the division on the money line because the return on investment of that, I don't even know. I think it was the last 20 years I saw in Bet Labs. It was like you bet 100, you're up 22K on these divisional dogs taking this number. So that's one of those where regular season, right? Me and Chad talked about we started weeding off, taking big, putting big money on the underdogs' money lines just because it wasn't hitting. Playoffs, you kind of throw that out. You're looking at the trends. You don't really worry about what happened during the regular season with that stuff. So, um, again, if you like the Jags like we do, taking the number, taking the money line. Um, Bills. Let me let me, uh, let me speak to one trend um, since you brought up the trends, and it applies to both the Jags and the Giants. Yeah. Number one seeds, 13, 25, and one against the spread the past 20 years in this round. Uh, when those seeds are favored, by less than 10 points, 8, 22, and 1 against the spread. So we got big favorites in the Eagles, and we got big favorites in the Chiefs, and it's very possible we may be split. And that's teams with above an 80% winning percentage, right? No, no, this is just it. Oh, okay. And so it's even worse, too. Teams above, teams with above 80% winning percentage, which would be the 49ers, the Bills, um, the Eagles, and the Chiefs. It's even worse where it's like it's the same thing. It's like 25 percent of those favorites cover um, when they're less than 10 point favorite. So that that's one of those like I'll keep it moving that the sharp calls were the Cowboys. I didn't want to do it. I want to be I want to be on the 49ers. I just I just know really smart guys, really smart money. So that's a game we'll break down that are on the Cowboys. So that's another one we'll break yep. down. And same with the Bills. We gave it out a four, four and a half. You've seen it. You've seen it steam up now to five, five and a half. If you're a Cincy backer, it's a dead zone number. Where the Bills, it's not. If you're a Bills backer, you still want to grab the five and a half just in case it does hit that six. Which means I talk all the time. That six, it hits at whatever state. It's only just a one percent more chance than hitting the five at the five. That's still a big deal long term betting. So to me, five and a half has become a very key number. Keep being under the six. Um, we talk all the time. Extra points. Two-point conversions, six just lands at a higher rate than it used to. So, to me, if you're a Bills backer, yeah, it would suck if it drops down to four and a half before kickoff, but no one can predict that. I'd grab the five and a half just in case it does hit the six, where yep. once it hits a six, you're you're kind of just leaving yourself open to a push, which I, I hate. So, to, um, to me, the pros, they already grabbed it. I don't really think it might go up that much because most sharp guys I talked to, they grabbed the four, they grabbed the four and a half. And what they had done was they grabbed Cincy early in the week at six and a half. So they were like, okay, I'll try to play a middle. Now it seems like the Bills are going to be one of their bigger bets. I think everyone's looking at the model and seeing how big of how big of a deal these injuries are. Um, I believe it's both tackles and, and a guard out for Cincy. I'm not positive. It could be their center. 
but I believe it's the guard that got injured last week. So we we talk all the time how important offensive line is. It's it's so it's so important come playoff time, uh, scheme wise too. So uh, yeah, excited to break down these four games. I, I was just I knew we were going to be the same side of all the pros. I'm just shocked that so many pros are on the Giants. Where it it, it just I get it. All the trends, everything backs it. But just, I feel like even you, like the spidey sense, everything's kicking up here a little bit of yeah. like, this is a, a funky wonky number here. Well, it's, it's truly a, um, let's talk about that game to start. Uh, yeah. It's truly a trends matchups game. Right. Um, yep. And like, it's, it, I think Stucky, I listened to the action network pod this morning and you know, uh, shout out to to both Raybon and Stucky, who layered in ref stats galore <laughs> to start the podcast, which I love. Um, and who do the Eagles got? Hockley, Hockley, uh, yeah. and they, there's I, a lot. Of, a lot I don't of, like him. Nobody likes Hockley, and no. they love to talk about. They they were talking about how Hockley is the guy who loves to be the villain and like call the penalties that makes the hometown fans rain down fire. Um, so that was funny. But also, <laughs> I think Stucky pointed out, Jordan Davis and Jalen Hurts in the lineup, the Eagles didn't lose this year. Right. So we, like, this is a trend play versus a, a on-the-field matchup play. And in every way, the Eagles should destroy the Giants. And then forget about trends. Like what you and I talk about more than anything is public perception and on the field matchup. And where do those two things meet? I feel like the Giants are more of a public dog than the Eagles are a public favorite um, because of the way the Eagles played the last six weeks of the year with Jalen Hurts being injured and Gardner Minshew playing and having to struggle to secure the number one seed. People just think they didn't look right. It feels to me like this is where you go against the trend and you take yeah. the team that is better on the field. I'm just waiting on that set. I'm just waiting on the seven. And that's, what's been pissing me off though, Chad. It's like, why are they not giving us the seven? I don't get it. Like we joke all the time. They're not your friends. They're, they're not getting, being nice. Giving you giving that extra hook on the seven and a half. Um, we all talk all the time. I like, I do. It is nice when you take, when you line up a line and you take a stand with the books, right? It's nice when the book needs the same side you need. Like we don't always blindly bet the fade, the public, whatever you want to say, but we do look for those opportunities of being on the same side as the book, but we're always looking for the value. And like you just said, the Eagles, the public, just their public reception has just been dreadful the last month. I mean, since the Hurts injury, like you said, they went 0-2 with Minshew, and then they barely beat the backups of the Giants. And the public, do they understand the Eagles literally didn't run an offense in that second half? No. They just see the final score of, well, they backdoored and they covered the number of the Giants against this Eagles team. So I'm right there with you. I think this is more of a matchup of, you know, pro-trend bettors, guys who just simply bet trends and make a good living betting trends because – you can do it. Like there, there really is a science to the trend stuff. Um, obviously, we don't blindly bet it, but me and Chad like to use it to line up with what we're trying to bet against guys that do models like me, where it's like, I feel like anyone that builds a model and looks at the numbers, it's like, well, it's going to favor this Eagles side just because 
they are so good on the defensive line and the offensive line. But um, like boring to other people, my favorite matchup in this game, it's not say the offense versus the defense, whatever you want to say. It's literally Kelsey versus Dexter Lawrence. Like I can't wait to see that matchup. Um, two all pros versus each other in that D line and offensive line for the Eagles. So um, yeah, this game, Chad, I, I want the seven. I, like I haven't bet that much on the seven and a half just because I've been waiting for the seven. I'll be pissed if it does go to eight, right? Like me and you both would be a little pissed if we missed seven and a half. So we'll see. I probably will end up just, you know, biting the bullet and just doing it and taking the seven and a half, but I don't get it. All the money, everyone I talk to, all the tickets, even like I'm looking at right now, they're all on the giants and it's not yeah. moving off the seven and a half at any book. So I just texted a guy and asked him, I'm um, waiting for his text back. If, if, he's, if he's seen any sevens through the night, like when I was asleep, if anyone books touch seven, but like I, I wake up through the night and I check my phone all the time and I never saw a seven. So to me, the books are clearly taking a stand here on the Eagles. Um, me and Chad are taking a stand as well. And we might have a ton of egg on our face come next Tuesday when we come back here on the show, just because we already talked about all these little trends point to backing blindly, just backing the Giants here. It's a good spot to back the best team ATS-wise this season. So the people that are believers in them, they will be heavily rewarded. Me and Chad, who are believers in fade and public perception, getting value on a home favorite. And, you know, looking at this Eagles team that they're not even the favorite right now in the NFC. The rookie quarterback, Brock Purdy, and the 49ers team is. So that lets you kind of know all you need to know about the market and what it thinks of this Eagles team. I just think we're getting a good undervalued team where if this number was 10, Yes, that'd be impossible for me and Chad to get off of the Giants. And then all of a sudden the Giants get blown up by 20. We look like idiots. But at the seven and a half, it's just, it feels like it's a good number. Like this number should be closer to eight, eight and a half. It's seven, seven and a half, which I do think it's the slimmest amount of value. But I just think because people are that sharp, like that's how smart these betters are. They're not going to let it get down below that seven or seven and a half. So yeah, me and Chad are waiting for the seven. But if if it doesn't get there, I got no issue betting the seven and a half. I love how you get up in the middle of the night regularly to check your phone to see if lines moved. I get up <laughs> regularly in the middle of the night to pee. <laughs> no, that's my forever favorite thing. If you haven't downloaded the action app is the one click, one stop shop to see all different books and what the number is. It's just, it's the ultimate game changer. Cause back in the day, you'd have to go through every site, which yeah. doesn't sound like a lot of work, but it's a pain in the ass to do putting your going through each site to get each number. So once again, action app. It's free to download, right, Chad? It's Look the easiest you. thing ever. Look at you. One weekend in, in a studio. And by the way, <laughs> for people listening, you know, Simon's become a remarkable media professional in, in three short years. He That's was kind. unreal in the studio this weekend. We were getting all kinds of accolades from the production team wow. about how wonderful it was to work with Simon, professional, <laughs> prepared, great on air, so kind, so appreciative. Simon, way to go. Way to go, <laughs> well, buddy. I was going to say, if it's only once a year, I can do it. If uh, An outdoor cat, if you got to bring him in a couple times a year, I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, yeah. I totally thought, like, Simon's going to get us all fired this weekend. Uh, yeah, did I did, great. too. I you did, did too. great. <laughs> you know what I did, Chad? I stuck it up for the team. That's right. Sometimes you got to do it. You got a lesson in adulthood. 
Bet the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, where every play is a rush. This weekend, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay during the divisional round. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account, you'll get free bets back. If your NFL playoff same-game parlay doesn't hit, same-game parlays let you combine all your favorite bets for a chance at a bigger payday. This week, my favorite same-game parlay, Travis Etienne over his receiving yards, the Jags Chiefs under, and Juju Smith-Schuster over his receiving yards. You can even ride with thousands of other fans and bet popular SGPs already made for you. If you're new to FanDuel, join now with promo code FAVORITES to see for yourself why it's America's number one sports book. And if you already have FanDuel, you can start building your no sweat same game parlor today. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and in select states. Three plus legs, minimum $1 bet required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets in Ohio and free bets in all other eligible states that expire seven days after receipt. Max bonus $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. What do you want to do? We said we we might we're thinking about making the Eagles our big balls. You got a different big balls? Because I'm t- I'll be honest with you, of all the games that's really giving me fits, and it's, it's the hardest one for me to click bet on my uh, on my computer or my phone is that Eagles game. The seven and a half is just it's making me be, feel like a coward. I'm just I hate the number. I do too. So should we do it? This but this is such a great lesson. This game, <laughs> this game is a microcosm of why betting is hard, whether you're a professional or not, yeah. because you want to be patient, but you want to time the market. You want to understand the the right side to play and when the books are trying to bait you, but you want to understand public perception. Uh, it's it. This is, the hook is the hardest number in sports. It is. Because a lot of times it won't even matter. That's what sucks where I'm trying to overthink it. But just when you think it won't matter, it does. And well, like, this seven is such matters. A, yeah, three and matters. This is such a key. This is such a key number. So, um, yeah, I feel like it takes a little bit of having big balls here to take a minus seven and a half. Because the truth is, I think we both think the Eagles probably should be favored by ten. Yeah. No. If, if Hertz plays out the season, we drop only one game to Washington the whole year, and we play out and we win all the rest of the games. You know, this game would easily be closer to ten, especially the fact that you know people all year doubted this Eagles team. I mean, how many times do I got to say it? NFC beast. It's by yeah. far the best division in the NFC. I mean, we're sitting here looking at potential of being an Eagles-Cowboys um, match or Giants-Cowboys uh, for the NFC championship game, which is crazy to think because, what was it, two years ago, we had like an 8-9, and nine, uh, whoever it was, Washington making the playoffs or 8-8. Eight and eight. So it's one of those where 
went from being the worst division of football to arguably one of the best divisions of football. So the Eagles just seemed like a battle-tested team that went through a really tough season, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of injuries, and I like a team of adversity and a team that is just being doubted, like we just talked about. I can't get over it. I can't believe Brock Purdy is the favorite right now to win the NFC. It just feels like the overreaction of the public is an all-time high for that 49ers team and vice versa of being low on this Eagles team. That, to me, is still the class of the NFC. The NFC East has three teams in the divisional playoffs and one team that leads the league in congressional and federal investigations. Nobody can say <laughs> that this division underachieves ever again. It's facts. Facts. I, the problem with making the, the Giants-Eagles our big balls is I think it does a disservice to the listeners because we really want to wait for the seven. And like, I don't think you and I, I have not bet this game yet. I am not going to bet it at seven and a half. I'm either going to, I'm going to suck it up and it's going to go to eight and I'll end up betting it at eight anyways, or I'm going to wait for the seven. And even at eight, I'm going to bet the Eagles. I'm just waiting to see what happens with this number. So I don't think we can do big balls because I don't think you and I are going to bet it at seven and a half. I am. Matt Mitchell, hit that drop call on chat here. Goddamn coward. What did you say? It's my nerves, sir. I, I just can't stand it anymore. Well, hell, you're just a goddamn coward. I won't have sons of bitches who are afraid to fight staking up this place of honor. You hear me? You goddamn coward! You take that seven and a half. You enjoy it, Chad. Now, I really don't – I just don't think we're going to get to the seven, I'll be honest with you. But I completely agree with you. Everyone can wait and hope for the seven. But, like, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw a decent amount on the seven and a half just in case. You are. All right, well, oh. that's different than what you were saying. You didn't say that to me. We said well, we were I'm waiting. saying, like, I'm waiting for it, but obviously, like, comes Friday, I got to start getting money in. Like, I can't I can't start just betting everything Saturday, Sunday morning. I just – sadly, it doesn't work that way. Um, so, yeah, like, by by tonight, if there's still no sevens, Chad, I will start unloading money onto the seven and a half. No, no worries for me. But like right, you well, said, we're pros. Thing. We want the seven. Here's the beauty now of the podcast being released – by 5.30 in the evening on the day we record it, as long as people subscribe to the favorites feed, this isn't just a regular silly promo. This is advantageous. Yeah. Uh, we can tell them this can be our big balls, but bet it. Like if it's if it hasn't moved from seven and a half by Thursday night, big balls, bet of the week. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles minus seven and a half. And I will do the same thing. I'm not going to say the name, but if you open up the app, there is one seven out there right now. Um, but it's a, a company that does not sponsor us. Mm. And then again, if you're terrified of the seven and you want to back a team that's been incredible in the first half in the Eagles, you could do that. And there's some three and a half fours out there. I'm just a little worried about what me and Chad talked about of a team coming off a of bye week, sometimes starting slow. So that's always a worry with that. So um, to me, I, I don't mind the seven and a half as much. Um, but obviously, I will be on the Eagles first half as well. And the pricing on the seven and a half is all over the place. I'm seeing it. It is. Minus 112, minus 109, minus 110. Like the minus 112 would tell me that it might be going to eight. Uh, like some books are about to go to eight and others are about to get back to seven. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. <laughs> well, I told you it's pro on pro. So it depends what books limit what guys. Um but yeah, definitely, definitely split. 
We're like these next game. the next three games we're going to talk about them. They're not split. No. Uh, let's talk about Jacksonville and the Chiefs. He, he, let me ask you this. I yeah. know you don't agree with this, <laughs> but I'm you on the know. under, and I hate correlating the under and a side in a game. I just hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, like, I end up like having to root for two different things. <laughs> Well, that's why you always go larger on one than the other. So like, if I say I do a side and a total, I'll go one unit on a side and then half a unit on the under or vice versa. Because um, in actuality, that is how it is. We're like, I might have 50K on a side and just 10K on a total, but I still bet both and I still have a decent amount. So I'm going to give out both. Um, then I'm only, you know what? I put 75 dimes on the under. <laughs> so I'm only going to put 50 on the side. Or like 30 or 40. Um, to me... The only fear is We're like talking I, Jags I, and Chiefs right now. Jags Chiefs. Um, my only fear of this game, Chad, is I've gone back, watched the last time they played, and obviously the Jaguars are not the same teams they were then. Same with the Chiefs, though. I mean, their improvements on the defensive side has been pretty incredible the second half of the season, just because their secondary is really young, really, really young. Um, they had they had a game in which they won the turnover battle. They were three and zero on turnovers and they still lost by 10 and we saw how, how it happened. There's a bunch of times they could have covered that number at the end of that game. Uh, the Jaguars with the chiefs just didn't bounce their way where we're talking you know, earlier in the year when these two teams play Yeah, early in the year when these two teams play. So like it's one of those where it's like, I'm going to throw it out, obviously the film, cause these teams are very different, but you see a lot of what Andy's going to do in this game where like the picking up, like not that he was playing with his food. It felt like in that game with Mahomes. A little bit, though, like a little bit where in the second half they weren't really doing much or showing much. They had multiple times where they'd run it on first down, run on second. He would have a little, you know, crazy play where he would try to pick up a first moment, whatever it was, but he let the Jags back into that game. So um, I was hoping the trends would back us more <laughs> from our guy, Evan. They do a little bit, like favor Mahomes in this position as a big favorite, obviously, this year has not been good to them. Uh, the dogs have been covering as a big dog, especially at home. Mahomes, is, Mahomes surprisingly, is better on the road, ATS-wise, than he is at home. Um, you already talked about the under. We were blindly going to be on this. this. This is just an automatic play, this under. Historically, it, the trends back it. Also, matchup-wise, this is just a good spot because the Jags could totally lay an egg here. We, we just talked about it. They're coming off one of the biggest wins and. I don't even know, at least since Blake Bortles was there and he took an AFC championship game. And that was a moment that ownership, front office, all of them have dreamt about of their first overall pick, came back at home in a huge game, got a whole fan base riled up, and it's got all of us pros riled up. Like, I I don't get this number at all. When I when I really honestly put this number in my mouth, I was going to be, all right, seven, which, yes, I would, I'm half a point at least to me I'd be undervaluing uh, the Chiefs just because – Talk about the time. They protect against teasers in the playoffs. We saw it last week. The Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. That was like the ultimate chalk teaser. The Bengals should have lost. I mean, even me and Chad talk about it all the time. That, that should have been that teaser breaker. So that's why the books don't mind giving it. They're like, yeah, go ahead. Throw a little three-team, 10-point teaser together of those teams because they know the math works out over time. That's one of those teams going to get caught. Like, that's just how it is in wildcard weekend. Divisional weekend. It's way higher. I already told you the return on investment of betting these dogs, especially these big dogs, is very profitable in the divisional round. Chad already told you the, the one seed, historically, especially one seeds that have above an 80% win percentage, they cover less than a 25% clip. So 
right there, that's why the guys are kind of blindly fading the Eagles. They're blindly fading uh, the Bills. And they're blindly fading uh, the Chiefs here this week just because of those trends of these teams with really high win percentages usually underperform in the playoffs because of public is perception, right? We saw last week with that Ravens game. That line was bumped up two points just because everyone's all over Joe Burrow and the hype of Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati team. Like, you know, he was going up against a backup quarterback. They're going to steam that line up. We're me and Chad talked about. We're that's why we found value. We're not backing the Ravens because of their quarterback. We're backing them because of that defense. So it's the same thing here with Jacksonville. It's like I want to back the Chiefs, but we've seen it time and time again. This team let these teams back in it. So Chad and I might be walking into it, but there is no way of us avoiding it. We love this Jaguars team, and we're getting a great number, uh, a key number too, at eight and a half, nine at some books. Um, I love it, but like. Looking, looking at this game and why I look at it, Chad, I just I'm dreading it because it's like this ain't no Herbert and Stanley. This is Andy Reid and Mahomes. This is a team that they've been to the conference championship now four straight years, or maybe it's three years. And if they go this year, it'll be four straight years. They're just if they go this year, it'll be five, five straight years. That's right. Like that's insane. So I I wish I could come in here and puff my chest out. And uh, which was about to clip, play the clip and just be like, you take the Jags money line, Jags upset. This is destiny. This is the Jaguars team. All right, listen, Duval, they're doing it again. They're counting you out. You are an afterthought. They're already booking a dream matchup with the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC title game. They are overlooking you. But here's what they're overlooking. The upset-minded spirit of Duval County years ago. Blake Bortles and the Jags knocked off the vaunted Steelers in Pittsburgh. And now you're counting out Trevor Lawrence against a defense that has given up 33 touchdown passes this year. <laughs> That's more than the Titans have given up. So let me hear you say Duval. Let's go. It's just hard to do against Mahomes where I saw him dead. Like the Bills shot him twice in the head last year. He was dead. And in seven seconds, he got down the field and kicked a field goal. So I just, it's hard for me to tell people to take the money line, but I just, I have to take this eight and a half with this Jags team. But I will tell you, I don't think that's the best bet in the game. The best bet in the game is the under. It's, it's the best bet for what we, what we need to happen to cover the Jags game, which is the Jags to slow the game down, really dread it out. And Mahomes to be off kilt because of that, where he's not getting enough reps and touches, where he feels off balance after a bye week and he doesn't have his Mahomes game. So, um, yeah, if if that ends up being our biggest bet in this game, if I if I end up betting more on the under, I would not be shocked. As Chad just said, the trends back it and our game script, what we plan on happening in this game, also that really relies heavily on the under. Because if this game is going way over, I just I think it will be tough for us to uh, – cover this number just because you don't want an arms race between these two offenses. Yep. Totally true. Um, We like the Jags. I love the under. Uh, I think it's just the way you got to go, but you do have to bet the Jags. You got to bet the Jags. Um, It's what we do. We do ugly things here. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, Enjoy brother. It's our last week in a four games. Four games. I miss it already. Yeah, I was thinking about that because I was making some notes this morning. I was thinking about um, what am I going to do next Saturday? Just talk to people and do normal things again, not watch football? No, you're going to tell people there's a game. Hopefully the people you hang out with don't know that. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm uh, saying not this Saturday, next Saturday. Yeah, hopefully the people you hang out with don't know and aren't following the season 
and don't realize that you could just keep telling them like infinitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> they play the playoffs. There's games Saturday and Sunday until the middle of March. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about the next game on the schedule. We've gone through the Giants and the Eagles. We've gone yep. through the Jags and the Chiefs. Uh, Cincinnati and Buffalo. Um, we love Buffalo here. By the way, in the luck rankings from Wild Card Weekend, Cincinnati number one, Dallas number two, Jacksonville number three. Look, Cincinnati down three starters on the offensive line. Bills have a deep pass, a deep defensive line, top yeah. ten in pressure rate. Cincinnati also banged up in the secondary now. You look at how the Bills played against Miami. They played terribly against a backup quarterback. And that team with a backup quarterback caught every bad break. And the Bills still won. Cincinnati against a backup quarterback had only 234 yards of offense and was totally outplayed and only won because of a miraculous 98-yard fumble return. <laughs> yeah. Bills, yeah. you make me want to shout. Make me wanna. <laughs> the handful of pros I have talked to that are on the Bengals, they're honestly throwing out everything. They're throwing out trends. They're throwing out all models, and they're just saying, this is where you back Joe Burrow. When no one believes in him, when everyone's getting off Joe, this is when you back him. I said to them, he's still getting all the tickets. The public is right there with you. They all believe in him. They're all taking this number just like you are. I feel like everyone's not believing in this Bills team. I think they're – not overreacting to last week, but a little bit of it, right? Like where it's like, yeah, like how do they how do they play so bad against a Miami team that's playing backups and has a bunch of injuries across the board? I mean, they had injuries to their offensive line, they had injuries to their defense, Miami. Um, did Miami simply get overlooked by the Bills? We'll never know. I mean, that's that's obviously the human part of it, where yeah, sure, when they were about to be up 21-0 or whatever it was, 17-0, the Bills. Maybe they took a little bit off the gas and they got punished for that, where that became way closer of a game. Once that started happening, we kind of saw it spinning there with like every little play with Josh Allen felt like way harder than when the start of the game, it just all looked so easy to this Bills team. So matchup wise, I didn't like we talked about, I did not get this number when it opened, right? There was a couple of books that opened six and a half, and I was like, yikes, that is a horrible number. Immediately bet Cincy. Um, because again, no one can run a model that quick Sunday night. So Bet Cincy, wake up Sunday morning, it was already down, or Monday morning, it was down to four, four and a half, um, which made perfect sense. Then by Monday afternoon, it was down to three and a half, which again, that's that means like real pro money is coming on the Cincy team. And then by Tuesday, whatever, two in the morning, you saw it completely flip. You saw it already, already start going up to four, four and a half in a couple of books. Chad and I do our show. A day goes by, we come in today is now up to five and a half in almost every book. There's a there's a one five I can see right now in the app that's left out there to serve books. So I'm not shocked how heavy the pros have come in. I'm more shocked the amount of money they're betting on the Bills, where I have my reservations because what Chad just talked about, this Bills defense has not looked right in a long time. They've been giving up chunk yards, especially on the ground. Josh Allen, since the elbow injury, has not looked right. I mean, the guy was leading the league in um, – interceptions until luckily Dak Prescott came back from injury and just ran away with it. But there's been a lot of questions with this Bills team. Last year, there was no, there were none of those questions last year. They really felt like that team where they had all everything going where this year 
they do have questions, and I get why the public is going in on Cincy because of those questions. But me and Chad, we're just playing a number here. And to us, this number should be closer to six, what it's about to get to. That makes sense because of all the injuries to the offensive line with Cincy, where, yeah, Joe might be able to have his moments like he did last year in the playoffs. And I get why the pros are saying, well, any anytime Joe is a bigger dog than three, it's worked out for me. So I'm going to take it here because he just plays teams close. So I get where they're coming from. But I just love this Bills matchup so much because of what we talked about, just the undervalue of them. And they – we Chad already kind of talked about, but the problems they had last week, I already said, they can fix those problems. These Cincy issues, they can't fix it like this. They have all these backups now in their offensive line. That's major issues when they have different call signs, all these protection schemes. That's a big deal to this Bengals team now. I know their front is nowhere near as good as the Ravens' front – but they still have all pros, especially in the linebacker position on this Buffalo team, where I know they're going to be able to scheme to up. I mean, McDermott, to me, he's one of the best defensive schemers in the game. Like, he is just a genius when it comes to scheming up stuff defensively. That's why the Bills, since he's been there, historically have been a top five defense, not DVOA, not just DVOA, but other statistics back then. So, yeah, I, I can't get out of my way, Chad, on this one. Um, love the Bills. Obviously, I mean, you always like getting the best of the number side. Wish it stayed at four and a half, four. That was just a really nice key number. But I already talked about it. If you can get if you haven't gotten it, I, I I'm still making bets of five and a half just because I think it will eventually get to six. We'll see. I mean, it's it hasn't touched six in any book yet, but it's it's holding right now five and a half. So maybe that's a resistance line of as soon as they touch six, the pros, I guess, come in heavy on the other side. But to me, I I would take this up to five and a half with this Bills team. Um what sticks out to me is that anytime Joe Burrow dropped back at the end of that uh, Bengals-Ravens game, he was cratering. Like, just had no People time. in his lap. Yeah. And, like, this Bills team doesn't need to blitz to get that kind of pressure. That D-line can do it all on its own. So, uh, you know, the Bills are, are a good spot here. The and last game. I was going to say, we like, divisional round, any upset here, no one would be shocked. Like, we've seen it all year where every team has red zone struggles. Do we know what weeks and what games that's going to be for certain teams? No, that's impossible to know. Cincy, that is their strength all year. Like, surprisingly, as great as their offensive played and Joe Burrow gets all the accolades, if you go through it, a lot of the games was their defense really picking up the slacking of that offense, especially early in the season when they were just off to such a rough start. So, Cincy, if they didn't have all these injuries – I would love them here. Like, to me, this would be a no-brainer, especially the way the Bills have played this year, that you have to account for all these injuries. They have to ca- they have to catch up to them at some point. And this is what I think it do. I just think the Bills are too good for a team to be this banged up to come in and cover this number, especially when the Bills are at home in this position. Last game of the day, Cowboys visiting the Niners. Uh, we talked about it a little bit on Tuesday. We settled on the under being – the bet that we liked the most. It was at yeah. 46 and a half. I think now it's down to 46. Um, you leaned Niners. Yeah. I didn't have a huge feeling about it yet. Wise guys coming in hard on the Cowboys. This line has moved uh, down from four to three and a half. Yeah. And I, I mean, we'll talk about it. Cause I, I, it's, I'm just, I've been indecisive about where I took, when I touched three and a half, when we came in, whatever that was Tuesday morning, I made it two bets, um, two different books on the the number, just because I was like, okay, this is this is this maybe this has moved too far at this point. This is way too much of an overreaction to last week with the Cowboys. Um, but then once again, it's like, all right, maybe I shouldn't be 
maybe I shouldn't be so down on the Cowboys in the sense that their struggles during the season, obviously they're not going to blindly correct all those struggles, but it's more about the 49ers. Who the hell have they played? And that's what I keep going back to where, and when I look at this 49ers team, I think they were incredibly lucky to be in the division they're in where, I mean, let's face it. Like who was their top competition in that division? Geno Smith, the team they dominated twice when they played them. They're just, there was nothing in that division. And then I look through it, and it turns out, okay, the 49ers really did not play anyone. So they played two teams that had a positive point differential. Do you know those two teams were, Chad? No. They played two teams all season. It was the Seahawks at plus nine, and it was the Chiefs at plus 126. <laughs> what happened when they played the Chiefs? Uh, I can't remember that game. They got smoked. I think they, they lost like 40, 42 to say 26 or 2020. They got absolutely smoked. Um, do I think their defense is as bad as they were in that Chiefs game? No, I do not. But do I think they have major weaknesses that once they face a good offense that an offense can exploit? I do. And I think that you're going to get a matchup here with this Dallas team that if Dallas is smart, they will literally give the 49ers their own medicine, which is you basically are just going to bleed the clock and make it that Purdy is just uncomfortable. Purdy, we've seen a time thing. If you go back and watch his film – Unless he gets in a rhythm, he he's out of sorts. Like, that's why they run so much and get him so many play-action things. Because Shanahan's literally like, okay, I got a rookie kid here. Let me just get him some easy throws. He can literally watch and throw and see a guy catch just to get him comfortable and get him into a good zone. When he doesn't get that, when he is just uncomfortable from the get-go, he muddily struggles. And I just love, like, the more I study on this team, it's just I love the matchup, not only for the Cowboys' D-line, but for their offense, I just like the way they can be able to spread teams out. I have no idea what they're going to do with Zeke. Their coaching staff's not dumb. Zeke has really fallen off a cliff here these, this last year. Pollard, since he's come back from his injury, he's looked better every week. This is his dream matchup. This is kind of matchup where you really would use Pollard. Where you look at that Chiefs matchup, it sounds crazy. That whole matchup was based off their running backs. Yes, Mahomes did a lot of stuff with the wide receivers, but he was literally using his running backs against their linebackers. So, say... Uh, Fred's calling up a blitz scheme for the linebackers. They're going to send a guy from the right side. Mahomes would shift his running back to that right side and literally just dump off to it. And it sounds stupid, but they did that the whole game to throw the 49ers off balance, and it worked. I mean, come second half, the 49ers were exhausted. Their linebackers were exhausted from running sideline to sideline. I think Dallas will do the same thing here. And I see why the pros are coming in so heavy on this, because I didn't like this side. To me, this was just a smart under. I could see Dak laying an egg, and I could see Purdy laying an egg. And this being a 20 to 10, 20 to 14, just grinded out battle between two teams um, that have incredible D lines. Now the pros, all these pros I talked to, they're just, they're just, they're the ones that were like, you have to go back and watch that Chiefs tape because they're just loving this Cowboys offense matchup wise against his 49ers defense. So I'm this won't be one of my biggest bets of the weekend, but I can tell you this. Really smart groups have put well into seven figures at this point on the four, the four and a half, and the three and a half of this Cowboys team. So, to me, I think we'll eventually see some 49ers money coming in because I know some pros that they're the ones that have pushed this this 49ers up so high. They're the ones that they think they're the team of destiny, not the Eagles, not the Cowboys, not the Giants. They're the ones that have been betting Purdy and this 49ers futures for a month now. Like, they've just been drinking the Kool-Aid, and it's been good to them. This team has been covering – and they've been winning these big spreads. So I get where they're coming from. I get the love of Purdy. I just look at the film, and I'm like, this guy has been very lucky, and he's been playing against very weak competition. So 
we're about to learn a lot about them. I mean, Shanahan, we talk all the time. He's a great schemer. What's his biggest weakness? His biggest weakness is when he gets a lead heading into the fourth quarter. So yep. at no point when me and Chad, we're taking this three and a half. Am I going to be sweating this? Unless they're getting blown out, obviously, then we're dead. We're dead in the water with Dallas. But if, say, Dallas is down 10 heading into uh, the fourth quarter, I'm honestly not that scared. Me and Chad are a touchdown away from covering this three and a half. So I'm with the pros. I believe this is a good number. My biggest bet's going to still be the under. Um, I would still grab it now before it goes down below 45. Um, but if you already got the 46 and a half or 46, just wait. It could it could get bet up again. But to me, I think pros will keep taking this under as well. Yeah, uh, I think that a lot of pros have this game power rated at around four. So I think that's why we were seeing the number move. And that narrative about who is Brock Purdy really faced has become very real this week. You it's know, real. With, with less games to analyze and the ability to spend more time on each individual game, this has become a real conversation. Uh, and in the flip side, the way people are thinking about the Cowboys, you know, you can have negative biases just the way, say, the, the same way you can self-scout against positive biases. Yeah. You can self-scout against negative biases. Uh, and people saw something against the Bucks. So... I mean, we still have all of our question marks about that. A uh, Dak. I mean, Dak. Yeah. That doesn't just get thrown out in one game. Like Dak, he's had major issues this year. And am I going to feel like an idiot taking Dak against the graded number one defense in football if we get totally destroyed here? Of course. But like Chad has talked about, we're trying to we're trying to play a number here and not take anything away from Purdy. I mean, Purdy to me, he deserves, in my opinion, to be the starter next season heading into camp. And him and Trey Lance can battle it out and. Obviously, Shanahan will give the winner to that. But to me, you have to respect Purdy. He's made all the plays. He's made all the throws. They've had games during this run. They've been down. And it wasn't uh, McCaffrey or whatever bringing them back. It was Purdy making these big-time throws. So I'm I'm trying not to be so negative and take anything away from the kid. I'm just simply stating facts of this team really has not played anyone. The, the 49ers simply have not played offensively anyone really that's worth talking about. Like, they just – They've had a nice run. They are a very good defense. We saw those holes in their secondary. I mean, that was there. Like, DK Metcalf had a really good game against them for that Seahawks team. So that's why I, I completely understand where these pros are coming from, believing in this offense of Dak, CeeDee Lamb, and these Cowboy guys being able to move the ball. Gets the 49ers team that, once again, they've faced only one top three or top five offense this season. So I am interested to see how this game plays out right now because I – I wasn't – I did not like the Cowboys coming into it. I thought the public overreacted to it, and it's – my opinion's really turned with the amount of pros and how they've talked about this Dallas team. Yep, totally has. All right, let's recap. Simon says, was the uh, Niners-Cowboys under 46-and-a-half? Keep trying to get it at 46 if you can. Foxhole, Bills minus 4-and-a-half. Definitely feels like we foxhole that one. Exact decision, Chiefs-Jags under 53, 52-and-a-half. Our big ball is going to be the Eagles minus 7-and-a-half. <laughs> Let's hold off and see if, you know, it's moved. Yeah, it's same, same with the Cowboys. Like, if you can find a four with the Cowboys, that's the move. You just want to grab the best number you can. So, same with Cowboys. Grab the four if you can. Eagles. Me and Chad, we already talked. We're going to wait for the seven. If you're like me and you can't wait any longer, I, I would just bite the bullet and grab the seven and a half. All right. This has been the Favorites Podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. Rate, review, subscribe. Don't forget, subscribe to the Favorites feed. You get the podcast earlier you get it late afternoon early evening the day we record please subscribe to the favorites feed 
leave us five stars, say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.